Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Pinkerton's Ghosts is a horror anthology podcast by Superversive Radio, with no affiliation with any detective agency, person real or imagined, or the dark forces of Terre. It is not intended for children. I was still in a bad mood after the incident in Shipton when I got my next message from Control. In Colesville, Warren County, New Jersey, the Feldman Farm was recently bought out by the Orsanto Corporation. Since construction began, contacts within days are reporting that there appears to be some sort of large-scale concealment sorcery being used in that area since construction. We've been hired to check out the situation, and you know the area, Detective Russo. Control was right. I did know the area. I knew the area very well. And were it up to me, I'd go back to Shipton before visiting Colesville again. But it wasn't up to me. It was up to Control. I was just the dog. Control was the trainer. She whistled, and I started sniffing. That's the life led by the Pinkertons. If you're not willing to put your total faith in Control, you're in the wrong career. Which isn't to say I was happy about going back to Colesville. Ah, Colesville. Where to start? Colesville is almost the exact opposite of Shipton in nearly every conceivable way. Where Shipton was crowded, ugly, and dangerous, Colesville was sparsely populated, full of Coast Guard image farms and even picturesque mountain views, and safe enough for kids to ride their bikes down the streets at night. Do that in Shipton, and if you make it home at all, you probably won't be wearing your shoes and certainly won't be riding your bike. It was also typical New Jersey, about five minutes away from Colesville, literally down the road from those pretty farms, are highways straight to New York City and Philadelphia. Somehow Colesville manages to exist right next to this and trick you into thinking it's rural. I hated Colesville. I hated everything about the damn place. I hate the pretty farms, the mountain views, the trees that had been planted 20 years ago, and now grew into a part of the landscape in their own right. I never wanted to see the place again, but here I was, staying the night in the Colesville Inn on South Main Street. I'd always wanted to do that when I was younger, at least. They say George Washington slept here. It's a small place that doesn't get a ton of business, but I was proud of that little bit of history. I distracted myself from my surroundings by researching the case. Control didn't have much more to provide me than a location. I began with the family that sold a lot of their land, the Feldmans. I tried knocking on their new oak door, but they didn't want to hear from me. I was just an inch away from a massive door slamming on my nose. So there's one lead down. I tried digging into the Orsanto Corporation, but there wasn't a lot to go on with them either. They were one of those companies that was so big there was no real top or bottom to it. And as a result, they had the normal sorts of controversies you see with those types of companies. Workers complaining about low wages and bad working conditions and that sort of thing. Nothing supernatural about their public image. Orsanto was a food company that originally got start selling coffee beans of all things, but branched out into basically everything. Now half of the food in the frozen food aisle has Orsanto-made products. 
Occasionally, some hippies came out against GMOs, but mostly they were just kind of there. Another big company that gave us what we wanted, and we didn't ask questions in return. There was nothing for it. I would be going to knock on the door in the morning, and that gave me a night to reflect on Colesville. In case you couldn't tell, I grew up in Colesville. I was an only child. I won't bore you with my life story here, but childhood was fine till my parents had to go and die in some stupid car crash when I was 16. It was in all the papers. Mom and Dad were Catholic, but truthfully nobody in our family was really religious. Church was there, it existed, but mostly as a cultural thing. We were Catholics because that's just what our family was. When Mom and Dad died, I didn't really have anyone else, but I was smart and a fast talker and was determined to do just fine for myself. Well, I couldn't sleep that night, so I took a drive at one in the morning just so I didn't need to lie there with my thoughts. Somehow, and I swear this was unintentional, I ended up in front of Cynthia's house. Funny how these things work out. She still lived in the same house in the Colesville Chase section of town. I looked at her driveway. There was a second car. Guess she found another man. Figured. Or maybe it was just family visiting. I sighed. When I landed Cynthia, she was a catch. Prom queen in high school, an absolute knockout at 21. We were going to marry young and take on the world. I couldn't completely blame her for leaving me, but... She left me. I wouldn't have done the same thing to her. As rotten a guy as I used to be, I can promise you that. I think. Who really knows? I was a lousy husband and I knew it. I stared a few more seconds, allowing myself to imagine that life with her, then drove away. The truth is, we can never work now and I knew it. We had different ideas of success. I can only imagine what she'd think of me if she knew I was here now as a paranormal Pinkerton, making peanuts and acting as a dog for control. She'd think I was nuts. This wasn't how we were supposed to take on the world together. I need to sleep and prepare for the mission in the morning. At 7am, I managed to force myself awake and drove to the old Feldman farm, now the Orsanto farm. I had to drive up a dirt road that cut between cornfields. In the back was this massive industrial-sized barn, new, gleaming, white and silver. And beyond that, the enchantment. It shimmered in the sun. A dome of gray and the luster of gasoline catching the sun in a puddle of water. It was perhaps 500 feet across and a good 100 to 150 feet tall. Bubbles formed and popped within the shape, offering me glimpses of the inside, which was nothing but open air. Little spurts of the sickly rainbow stuff sometimes burst out of that dome like a coronal ejection, linking space to magical space, flickering all the while. Of course, I was armed with my usual gear, gun strapped to a holster and hidden by my untucked shirt, crucifix around my neck and the ring of dispel on. The ring gave me the gift of Elisha, the ability to see through the veil. It also gave me the ability to overcome enchantments. I had a regular old cross made of iron with me as well, typical anti-face stuff. I was struck by the strength of the enchantment on that barn. I could see past it, but only barely. The image kept flickering in front of me. Considering the power of the Ring of Dispel, 
that I wasn't able to see through it immediately and completely meant it must be a hell of a thing. When I stared, trying to get a true look through the afterimage being projected, I saw... a factory. It kinda looked like a factory, almost sci-fi, all tubes and strange towers, what the hell? I needed to get a good look at this, so I knocked on the door of what I think used to be that Feldman homestead, now converted into where Santos headquarters on the farm. Implausibly enough, I was answered by a man in a suit. Can I help you? He was a handsome enough guy, maybe in his 40s, sporting a faint smile and an easygoing attitude despite his dress. He was fit and had a look of energy about him that spoke of exercise and mental acuity. I smiled back at him. I'd have to be careful. Good morning, sir. My name is Gabriel Syme. I'm an inspector with the Warren County Department of Agriculture. I've been sent to do a surprise inspection of your farm. The man raised his eyebrows, his guard obvious. Inspector, can I see some identification? Oh, of course, sir. Naturally, I had my forged ID. You would also find the name Gabriel Syme on the Warren County Department of Agriculture website with a short bio, courtesy of Control or whatever eggheads she has working for her. I wasn't enough of a techno wizard to do that sort of thing myself. I'd arranged it as soon as I got the text. Probably it would be taken down in a day or two, but in the meantime, Gabriel Syme was an official licensed agricultural inspector in Warren County, New Jersey. He scrutinized the ID for longer than the average pencil-pushing peon would. I kept calm. So, what do you inspect, exactly? Do you have a checklist? I held up a truncated version of an inspection document in a clipboard. Naturally, these were official printouts for inspectors. Oh, nothing so formal, Mr. Devorms. Mr. Devorms. You, of course, are new to the area, so I've already had to jump through all the hoops. However, because you are new, it is standard procedure in the county to have an early surprise visit just to make sure you're not well, slipping anything past the radar, so to speak. I spoke as pleasantly and confidently as I could. Other Pinkertons would have used an enchantment or hypnotism to try and fool Devorms, but the option wasn't open to me for a couple of reasons. First was the Ring of Dispel. Even if I cast the enchantment, it likely wouldn't do anything. And the second is, frankly, I have no aptitude for it. I have what people have called a likable face and a charming smile, and maybe if you're being charitable, the gift of gab, but not a lick of magic. Ring or no ring, I was going to have to fool this guy with good old-fashioned lying. Well, and a third reason. Devorms was no idiot. He scrutinized my ID further, looked at me, and frowned. Sorry, Inspector Sign, but I'm afraid this is far too irregular. I've never heard of an informal inspection before, and while your ID certainly seems legitimate, I can't think of a good reason to let you tour my property, and I wonder what the Department of Agriculture would say if I gave a call. I did too, come to think of it. I swallowed, not because I feared the Vorms, but because that was the appropriate reaction of a bureaucrat who has been defied. So I tried to keep up appearances. Time for a bluff. Well, I will need to make a note that you refused entry. Mmm, you do that. Good day. And, by the way, suddenly his handsome face changed. The look in his eyes was no longer professional, but sinister. His grin returned, he stared a little too long. Nice ring, Inspector.
and he slammed the door in my face. Second time that's happened on this case, smug bastard. But he had made a mistake. If he had let me see some sort of BS farm equipment or a cow with eight legs, it would have been over. Okay, it's weird animals are trying to breed or whatever. No, he had to hide it. There was not a doubt in my mind now. This farm was going down. It was clear enough what was going on. Something, I didn't know what, was going to be summoned. Something big, going by the size of the enchantment. Sure, it could be something else, but farmland was very common for this sort of thing. What's more, summoning has been changing since the Industrial Revolution. Nightmare machines on treads and legs. Old Tom told me a story about his grandfather in World War I. Well, I'm sure it's in the archives. And it was going to happen soon. A gigantic company could gather materials quick as a soul descending into hell and Devorms was not dumb. He knew to be on the lookout for paranormal Pinkertons or G-Men snooping around. This meant they must be near finish with preparation, something so obvious we couldn't miss it if we went looking. Like I said, if he could hide it, he'd have just shown me around and quelled suspicions. The farm had to be destroyed and it had to be tonight. Paranormal Pinkertons, of course, have been dealing with this sort of thing for over a century. Warren County had a secret Pinkerton stash hidden behind the third largest tree in the old Norwich Cemetery at the First Presbyterian Church. All the materials I needed were there. Jack Morrow was the expert on the subject. All modern paranormal Pinkerton policy dated to a paper he'd written in the early 2000s on cost-effective, easy-to-use combustibles which old Tom had made me practically memorize during my training. Now was a mandatory part of all Pinkerton supply stashes. You'd be surprised how often that sort of thing is necessary in our line of work. God bless his paranoid arsonist heart. The plan was simple. The enchantment surrounded that barn, if it was a barn. I was going out tonight with my combustibles, lighting the place up like a firecracker, then getting out of Dodge. And I mean out, completely, out of Colesville, hopefully not to return for a very, very long time. If there were any animals in the barn, I would have to kill them. I felt bad about it, but they were meat in the best of circumstances, and I couldn't allow them to be fathered to some sort of demonic sacrifice. I wish there was something I could do about it. Well, I went out at night. It was cold, and I was bundled up in black. I was sure Devorms would have security out, so I used the typical distraction. Jack's old friend, Fire. It wouldn't be the first I set that night. This one was set in the field surrounding the farmhouse and barn on the way in, where the animals used to graze when this had been the Feldman farm. Though, come to think of it, I had seen no animals grazing earlier. Hmm. Well, I said in your and around one of the power lines, if it was an electrical fire. Shouldn't have hired the cheapest contractors or Santo. This would attract firemen, but I wasn't worried. I didn't intend to stay long. I waited off to the side, hidden in a hay bale, until I saw figures running towards the flames in the distance. Perfect. I made my move. The farm was big, and it took me a few minutes to get to the barn in the back, especially keeping my silhouette hidden from any roving eyes. As I got closer, the flickering enchantment disguising it became slowly weaker, and the true appearance of the barn became clearer. It wasn't what I expected. See, I was expecting your typical cultist demon summoning equipment, 
You know, pentagrams, an area for sacrifices, animals tied up in preparation. Perhaps some black perverted Bible being used for incantations. The sci-fi factory was just some sort of illusion or part of the design. Typical pagan sacrifice stuff being used to call forth some black beast from another dimension. Or maybe some pseudo-Aztec temple thing. But that wasn't what I was looking at at all. It was a laboratory. I couldn't help myself. I knew I had to get this thing destroyed, but I needed to figure out what was going on. I was a detective, after all. The air of clinical, soulless evil was unmistakable, but there were no animals. Briefly, I wondered if perhaps I would have seen farm animals outside if I'd taken off the ring of dispel. Wouldn't that have been a hell of a thing? I couldn't find any documents. Everything was digital. Instead, there were vast cylindrical vats full of a clear liquid with some... thing on the inside. Something repulsive. I couldn't help myself. I had to know. I stepped forward and looked closer. Inside of the vats were what I could only describe as bubbling masses of flesh of various size. Some were just lumps, but others looked nearly... human? An eye flickered and roved, no iris, focusing on nothing. I backed away, the rest were much the same, some more developed, others not. I felt bile rise into my throat. What the hell had I stumbled into? Enjoying the sights, Inspector Syme? I turned around slowly. The Vorms had a handgun pointed directly at me. Enjoying isn't the word I would use. Playtime is over. Step away from the vats and put down the bottle. I've called the police. Instead of stepping away, I drew my own weapon. High my back, I let the accelerant slowly empty itself out. I'd been draining it since I'd stepped into the barn. Laboratories like this are full of explosive chemicals. Devorms didn't shoot. Oh, I don't think I'll move, thanks. Devorms gave a grim smile. You've got me. I don't want to hit the vats. Be careful what you do with that gun, though, Inspector. I might be okay with losing one if it's that or my head, eh? I had to do something. Every second I was here was another second for cops and firemen to show up. I nodded at the Vorms. Ah, oh, you're right. I'll point the gun away. And I fired directly at a vat, right into the flesh. No! DeVorms screamed, rushing over to the broken glass. The liquid pouring out was pungent, acidic, and like fertilizer. I took my chance. I sprinted towards the entrance of the lab. DeVorms turned towards me, a murderous rage in his eyes. Before he could aim, I heaved the now nearly empty bottle of accelerant at him. He moved to the side more out of reflex than anything else, but it was enough. I whipped out a lighter, a holdover from my cigarette days. Well, it wasn't like I used it anymore anyway. I gave DeVorms one last grin. Detective. Not Inspector. I dropped the lighter. I was standing by the entrance of the barn when I did this and threw myself onto the other side of the wall, running as far as I could. The new walls shielded me from the worst of the explosion, but it still kicked me off my feet and threw me into the remains of a half-melted snowbank. I was temporarily deafened by it. Felt my head ringing, but I knew I couldn't wait. I watched the fires, blue, green, and the naturally strong yellow. That lab was definitely destroyed. I couldn't see him and wasn't in a state to search, but the Vorms was dead. 
Nobody was surviving that. I made the decision not to lose any sleep over this one. The Vorms was an immediate threat. I had no choice. The cops and firemen started to show up, so I booked it in the opposite direction. It was two hours of wandering through cold and snowy farmlands at night before I got back to my beat-up blue Hyundai Sonata, hightailed it out of Colesville. I needed to stay away while things were hot. No sense being nearby while the police investigated. Sorry, Control, but I have no evidence for you this time around. You're just gonna have to take my word for it. I don't know what the hell I was supposed to be looking at, but it was something else. Believe me, it had to be destroyed. There was one last thing that was nagging me, though. Why would you do it? I'm, why grow? Well, why? I don't have the answers myself. But I did learn something early on in the investigation. Did you know that Orsanto provides the meat substitute that fast food chains use in those meatless impossible burgers making the rounds nowadays? I won't tell anyone else what to do, but I will say that's one fast food off my list of options. That's for damn sure. Sean Russo, signing off. For now. Pinkerton's Ghosts is a podcast distributed by Superversive Radio, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, international license. This episode was written and performed by Anthony Marchetta. Ben Wheeler edits, directs, produces, and hurts cats. Ken Dickinson is our sound editor, audio editor. Visit us on Facebook. Read articles on SuperversiveSF.com. And wherever podcasts are distributed, you'll find us. Contact us through Twitter at Pinkerton's Ghosts, or email us at PinkertonsGhosts at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.